Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to another episode of the Conversations Brewing Podcast with your hosts, Divya and Ravisha, two coffee-loving best friends who dive into weekly conversations on wellness, culture, and growing into your authentic self. As two healthcare professionals, children of immigrants, and humans always striving to learn more, they bring their unique complexities of their wellness journeys into this podcast space by sharing their stories and featuring other like-minded experts in the field. Always with a cup of coffee in hand, humor, and never-ending authenticity, dive in with the two of them as they brew the kind of conversations that we don't have enough of, but that matter the most. Admit, like Sometimes I do have like that people-pleasing like wanting to make everyone in, around me happy that like I'm trying to work more on like disassociating from that because like I shouldn't like seek validation from others and find it within more of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really important to be seeking that within yourself because it also comes with going against maybe what are some of the norms that what we grew up with is that we are seeking approval on other people. So starting to seek it within yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Conversations Brewing. Um, Divya and I are really excited today to talk about a topic that, again, we came across Instagram like we usually do with our, a lot of our podcast topics. Um, um, I want to give a quick shout out to the person that made this post. Um, it's at imani.intouch, and she basically talked about um, the good girl turning into a good woman, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And so we're just going to talk a little bit about that today and like what that post meant for us and a lot of the things that um, Imani talked about in that post. Yeah, it was a really inspirational post because I think this is something that so many of us work through on our own as we go from being, I guess, a girl into an adult woman because the expectations of what it is to be a good girl leads to so many habits that may not be very helpful as an adult and so it's something that Ravisha and I have definitely struggled a lot with so it's really nice that we came across it I just love those kind of Instagram posts that you look at and you're like damn that's me you know what I mean and it's just like I don't know it's just a way to connect to the world that we're not alone in our struggles but definitely when I saw this post I like sent it to Ravisha and was like oh my god this has to be a podcast (laughs) I was like um like scrolling through like the slides of the post and I like with each slide I was like yes that like totally resonates Mm -hmm. I totally understand this and like when you read something like that or like come across something like that randomly too like I don't know you get a feeling within yourself like it's like so crazy how similar everyone can think or like Mm -hmm. there's so many things that you might be thinking within yourself and you're wondering like do other people feel this way and so yeah that's why we're really um excited to talk about this today yeah yeah Well, another thing that we want to touch base on is that we did not have an episode last week. So we appreciate people's patience. It was Diwali and also our friend Emily had got married. So we were both in Arizona for her wedding. And honestly, just the older we get, travel just knocks us out. The both of us were just taking naps the entire week. We're so tired and, you know, our mental and physical and emotional energy, just we want to always show up fully at this podcast space. So it was really hard to be able to do that um, this past week. So we appreciate people being patient with it. 
Yeah, thank you guys for that. Um, we honestly, first and foremost, we always check in with each other to make sure that, you know, we're not like forcing to record an episode. We want to record because, you know, we feel like we're ready to record. We're well rested. We, you know, are prepared. And so, um, and we like to be honest with our listeners as well. Like usually like there are times when like we come up with a topic the day of recording or like a topic is, is already scheduled to record about. So like sometimes it's, you know, things don't work out and all that, but yeah, we just want to be yeah. as transparent as possible, um, about, you know, how we record our recording styles and all of that. Yeah. Because I think that at least for me, when I used to listen to podcasts, I would be like, oh my God, these people have their stuff together. And it just, I think we can fantasize a lot about the lives people have and thing and the systems they have behind the things they do. So even at first, I felt kind of vulnerable sharing with our listeners that like at times we don't have our crap together because I mean, who does, but yeah. I was thinking like, oh my gosh, would people devalue this podcast? Would they think that we're not you know, committed? Or I just had all these limiting thoughts about it. And I am appreciative. And I think that it's really good that we do that because we're just being real about it. And honestly, I think a lot of people probably will resonate, but I just think the world, should, we need to do that more. So hopefully us saying that can inspire you to be a little more kind to yourself because we definitely need practice with it. Yeah. I I mean, don't get us wrong. Like we always like, like in the beginning, I felt like we felt bad or like felt like we weren't like committed enough because, Mm -hmm. you know, we weren't like, you know, it was a lot for us to learn. And now for us, it's like, we've got a better grasp on it. But like, for sure, in the beginning, I felt like we just were like, totally doubting ourselves constantly and unsure for doing things right. Well, I'm honestly proud of us because now I realize that so it's October 28th when we're recording this and it's been like we did our podcast, I guess, like photo shoot the beginning of April. So it's been six plus months that we've been really like into it. And we came up with the name and everything in March and we started talking about it. I mean, earlier in the year, but it's like it's been like 10, 10 months. Like, I mean, we definitely we'd start talking about it in, in January. We said this year is the year we're going to do the podcast. So it's been like 10 months of just being committed to having this be our thing. So I'm on it. Like now I'm like, whoa. Wow. I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess there's our rant. (laughs) (laughs) There's our TED talk. Hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. I guess now getting into our topic for today. Yeah. So today we're talking about the good girl and just the concept of, and I, and like, I have it on air quotes, the quote, like quote unquote, good girl. Um, and that's what all of us were really like socialized to be, especially women, right? Like the giver, the people pleaser, the one that is doing good, that is not causing any problems, not ruffling any feathers. And so that is something that definitely society, uh, reinforces us to be. And so we're talking about the topic of that and how it can impact our adult relationships, our adult sense of self. And Ravish and I are going to share a few more examples about how both of us resonate with this. So Ravish, when I sent you that Instagram post about the good girl, I know you said that it really resonated with you, but what else was coming up for you? Um, I think like the first thing, like a couple first things that I read was like, oh, um, like the people pleasing and mm-hmm. exchanging for like, Um, approval and validation that was like kind of the first things I saw and I was like wow yes and like how that kind of starts from our childhood like Mm -hmm. you know and it's like we're just instilled to like you know always again in air quotes like behave behave well and like you know not ask for too much and you know Mm -hmm. um 
don't like not getting in the way of things like especially when like maybe your parents are like you know like you're going into it's like maybe not at home but maybe more in like social settings like yeah. they're telling you this is the way to behave and because a lot of the times like our you know parents are parents and they want their children to behave but like when it maybe was constantly told to you that like you have mm-hmm. to act a certain way you think oh if i behave well then like you know my parents will validate that behavior totally. and like because yeah. it's like you know it's like reinforcing that so and i think more importantly what happens is though you take that into your adulthood and into like in those relationships and you start thinking like okay let me um be the people pleaser like you know let me do things like for validation Mm -hmm. and that is where like you start to lose that authenticity with yourself yeah that's like really where our sense of self starts to go um I guess it starts to blur out like into adulthood because that that sense of self of what we what was reinforced as a kid like that just doesn't work you get like you get stepped all over you become a doormat which I think so many of us have and that's why we we struggle to find our voice because if you think about it like there's always that idea right like the woman who speaks up is like a bitch or you know is the one who is um outspoken is like dramatic right they're not like they're, it's not that we're assertive or or can recognize their needs it's always just like a bad thing and so we're really scared of being that but it's not like that has to be our identity just because society might look at it that way we can create our own identity which is really hard like i'm i'm i struggle with that all the time um divya like when you first saw this post like did like what were your thoughts like when you saw i feel like i kind of know what your thoughts were but i want you to like tell our listeners because i just like know you so well yeah i just think for me that idea of the good girl is really ingrained and it's funny because that's such a core core theme in my own personal therapy is around being quote unquote good and like doing what everyone wants me to do right to like make people feel comfortable my family my friends everyone around me in the way that I just like think I mold myself a lot to what other people want to be good and make them comfortable and I've really been in this last year trying to be on this journey of like okay these are what these are the needs I have this is what I want to do with my life this is when I want to do things and um yeah so it really resonated with me I think because it's been something I work on a lot and I and it's especially like verbatim those words too I'm like the good one like why like when I think about my motivations for things sometimes or why I am maybe going against my values or my needs. It's always to be good, to be perceived as good from other people. So yeah, that really hits super deep because you just end up doing that on autopilot if you don't recognize that it's coming up. And it's I'm currently and have been in the process of trying to be a quote unquote good woman, but I definitely did a lot of what the good girl wants. And it, it just definitely cost me my, my well-being a lot, which is why, I mean, trying to shift, but it's a process. Yeah, and I'm totally on the same stance with you there. Like, I think that's, I, it's funny because I even have discussed this in therapy as well. It's like, I've, I've done all, you know, the, again, quote unquote, good things, like, you know, in terms of like how, like behavior wise and stuff with my parents. And then it's now come into now being the quote unquote, good woman where like, there's, I don't know a lot of my needs and wants in relationships with friends, like with work relationships, like actual relationships. And that's what I'm like been trying to learn more of myself for, because I think 
the people pleasing and the putting everyone's wants before mine has really come in the way of honestly my personality sometimes yeah and being able to even be in touch with yourself because when we're putting other people's needs in front of ours it also like implicitly tells us that our needs don't matter so we're not going to pay attention to our needs because we feel that they're not important yeah and it's funny because I feel like when you and I like have discussions and like maybe we're talking about certain situations like we're reminding each other to put you know our needs in front and not others and like it's like we're trying to constantly remind each other to do that but it's hard for us within ourselves to do that and like Mm -hmm. that's what we're working on exactly because as um for the listeners who had heard our enneagram episode Ravish and i are both the two wing threes which are like the empaths i mean we're wing with an achiever so that's a whole nother podcast (laughs) episode about our perfectionism but um in terms of empathy that definitely comes in. And I don't know if you've ever had this I, this thought, but I sometimes wonder, I'm like, am I, I do know I am an empath just because you can't force yourself to feel a certain way. But sometimes I'm like, did I become an empath because I was socialized to be an empath? Or like, am I li- literally actually an empath? I think that I, I keep coming back to, I think that I am one because why I, I can't be like a therapist and like force myself to be an empath. But at the same time, some things I wonder, these behaviors, like, did I, is this really me? Is this part of my personality? Or is this something that I've just been socialized to do that it's just ingrained for me to think and that it's me? I'm so glad you brought this up. And like, because that is such a good question to ask. And I, as I was writing, um, like our outline for a show, I had that thought. And I was like, so did social, like social stuff around me make me an empath? Or was I like kind of born with, with this person? Like, I don't know. It made me really question a lot of things. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, like, am I naturally not supposed to be an empath then? Like, I don't know. But then like you, but then you start like debating this whole thing about personality and mm-hmm. that goes down through a whole nother rabbit hole, which we don't need to get into today. But I agree. Like, I think sometimes like when you like, when we know that we're empaths, we like naturally are like, are like, you know, carrying forward those behaviors. But then mm-hmm. it's like, has the society stuff made us be that way though? Like, but then exactly. if you look at your friends, it's like, oh, but they're not exactly empaths. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. What are some things that when we talk about, um, like, was our, like our socialization and what happened to us? in terms of our our childhood homes impact how we are in our personality. I'm curious about like what for you, what are some common things maybe you heard growing up that maybe led you to being an empath? Like if it is that, okay, like it shaped you, what are some things that were expected of you or maybe things that were told to you that you think you internalized that has made you into like an empath? Um, I think my, like, a lot of, like, my first thought goes to, like, thinking about how, like, I was told to, like, um, like, not be dramatic about things. Yeah. Um, like, that I, like, you know, like, that things, like, you know, maybe if I felt upset about something, like, as a kid, not that my parents would downplay it, but they were, like, there's bigger problems in the world. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just, I think, like, that's what I, like, really think about is, like, I was, like, Oh, okay, you're right. Like, I think that's how it's, that has shaped me because I always, I think, think about like others' feelings and problems way before myself. Mm, yeah. 
Well, it has you inevitably just putting your needs last because yeah. then it's like, oh, well, my problems aren't that big of a deal. They don't really matter. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm also like a middle child and I have two sisters. And like, I think that also has a lot to do with that as well. But like, yeah, I would say like that, like that's where that came from. Yeah. Well, and I think that also comes with this thing of like, why is that a bad thing that we state that something matters to us? Like, even for me, I feel bad stating that, oh, I feel this way when it shouldn't be bad because we can state our feelings without monopolizing. Like, I think that there's this thing with, and this is another, so I'm going to just keep this short because I'm not, this is a different podcast episode, but that we think that like stating our needs means that we have to monopolize a conversation or make everything about us. Like you can yeah. state your needs and state your feelings without taking over everything and, and like stepping over everyone else's feelings and not having them exist. It's almost like it's all one way or all the other way. And I don't know how as a society we can start to make it be in like integrating both. I definitely agree. Cause I think we're taught or like, you know, the way we think it's like, Oh, if I state that, like, if you use an I statement and you're like, I mm-hmm. need this, we think, okay, then everyone's going to make it all about that thing that I said that I yeah. want, but it, it doesn't have to be like, basically like, like that's all, like that's it. That's all that that needs to happen. Exactly. It's just like, you should feel comfortable to state it thinking that like there, it doesn't have to be all about that. Yeah. And it, and it just being just another statement that you make it just like, why can't we, and I'm not saying like, oh, our feeling statement should be the same as like the sky is blue like that. Like, yes, yeah. it has more emotional charge, but I think we almost like make it too big of a deal sometimes when we could just like state our needs. Yeah. Cause I don't think, um, we're comfortable enough with that. And mm-hmm. so I think it just comes with a whole different aspect of like how we expect yeah. things to like portray out in conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Because like those kind of phrases have you end up kind of like shrinking yourself into being smaller than you you can be. And I wonder how many how many of us would be like we'd be able to like what would we be like if we felt more comfortable to take up space? That's something we're all learning now. But like how would we have turned out if we felt comfortable taking space like personality wise? I think about that a lot. Yeah, that's a good thought. Like what what do you think like when you like Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do I think with that? I think that if I was able to take up space earlier, I am feeling more confident in my ability to take up space now, but that's definitely come with a lot of work. But I I, I don't know. I think that I would have grown into myself a little bit more. But I also think that environment matters so much. And you have to be in, in environments that are supportive and healthy for you to take up space right? Like, like, they're not going to bring you down or not going to say like, kind of like what we're talking about, right? Like, oh, if you're dramatic or this or that, it's hard to take up space in those kind of environments. So I think that definitely the timing for me is good in terms of I'm, I'm feeling comfortable to take up space now with my current environment and the people that I'm around. But I do wonder, like, would I have grown into myself more? Would I have been more confident? Like, I'm trying to find my confidence now. But what if I was just like confident and felt like, really great right and felt like a badass or something like of like a few years ago and it's not like me trying to build it now I I don't know so I think it would be that but I also value and I know the importance of environment so I don't know if I would be able to like make that kind of growth in yeah the, like before yeah I agree our environment has a lot to do with you know the way that like we shape ourselves as well like mm-hmm. you know think about like a college environment or like being in a sorority how yeah. you were versus like me that like I wasn't like that changes like 
your personality and the way you interact with others as well. Totally. And then, like, once you move on from college, you know, like, then workplace. And so I think that all, like, I think it's more of just, like, in a, a linear growth. Yeah. That's what it is. Like, I know a lot of people say, like, oh, um, your 30s are better than your 20s because of, like, you become more comfortable with yourself or, like, mm-hmm. you learn a lot more about you about yourself in your 20s to make yourself comfortable in your 30s and like I could see that too as well right because like yeah you know like are we different than the people we were five years ago 100% because yeah why because like we start to realize that like there's a lot of work that we wanted to do on ourselves or like ways we thought there's ways that we can better ourselves yeah and I guess like some of that comes with though us choosing to do that because that's vulnerable and some people like might not choose to do it yeah and there's like a lot of cultural things I think that we also wanted to outgrow as well like expectation wise and yeah just like you know I think being South Asian as well like there's a whole nother um slew of expectations that are put on you like growing up and then you have to figure out like what those expectations you want to actually meet and what you feel like don't won't serve you yeah And I think that some of that can be really hard because that turns into being the good woman because being the good woman for right. Like you or me right now might not be what we were taught is a good woman. Cause like a good woman and maybe like a South Asian culture, especially with like our parents who had just immigrated, like that looks really different than maybe what we want, which right. Like we, we have more choice and we have more autonomy. And so that might look different for us. Yeah. Like, I think the number one thing is to always be like real with yourself and mm-hmm. to be real with yourself, you have to know yourself. And it's yeah. funny, which I learned in therapy, is that, like, <laughs> we really don't know a lot about ourselves that, like, as much as we think we do. Yeah. A lot and- of us don't, unless we take that intentional time to really get to know ourselves, because we're always changing, too. So yeah. I think people are like, oh, I'm so self-aware. I always, people say this phrase. I'm just like, oh, like no one is so self-aware, right? Like we're changing so much and people are like, I know everything about myself. I'm so self-aware. It's like the person you are when you wake up is different than the person you are when you go to bed. So if you're not curious about yourself constantly, you're not going to keep up with yourself. You have to keep being curious with yourself because you're always changing. So it's like, you can't, and, and that also just keeps you stuck being like, oh, I know myself so well, because then you know this past version of yourself and you're growing and changing and you're not even like getting to know that new person. So yeah, I I mean, I think there's definitely a difference between like wanting to be self, like being self-aware to know you're changing constantly or being self-aware and being like, oh, this is just me, like deal with it. Yeah. And then when you're also labeled as a certain type of person, like say, like I think Divya, you can resonate with this because like a lot of people maybe in high school thought you were like, very loud or like you know like that was I feel like something that was always associated with like Mm -hmm. you and like maybe it still is but in like a different way right like it's not like that's something that's like being loud is something that like I don't know maybe some people thought it was a bad thing like growing up in high school right like just because like you could be heard from a million miles away but now when I feel like when someone tells you you're loud they don't mean it in a bad way they just like are like oh yeah like you talk really well like you talk loud yeah I think um the way that you like perceive that has also changed Mm -hmm. you know like since we were in high school to now and I think it's like I always thought it was a very positive thing about you like I'm not gonna lie like really yeah like (laughs) 
I don't know. Like, always said it in like a very like negative way. Like, oh, you're so loud and it's so annoying and you just are like so dramatic. <laughs> no, but like I never was like, oh my God, I can't hang out with her because she's too loud. And I mean, I think that some of it was just like, I mean, that's me, right? But at the same time, think that like I recognize that about myself, but also I know I I I know more about myself on like where to where to use my voice, like where to where it's valuable and meaningful and I don't know, but that's really sweet that you always thought found it to be a good thing because I don't know, I feel like not like I didn't always feel that. So that's really nice. I don't think we've ever had that moment about oh, that. I don't think so. <laughs> this is so sweet. If you could only see my face, I'm like sitting here with smiling and I'm trying to not get emo, but it's fine. We actually can get emotional on here. That's the point of this. I when I'm laughing. This is like typical us behavior where like you'll get emotional about something and I'll just be like laughing at you. Yeah, she's just like, okay, like this is really great. Like what next next topic? Let's go back to the outline. <laughs> Wow, we're being really real on here today. I know, but now that we're talking about that and there's a real time moment, why don't we chat about being a good woman? So we talked about what being a good girl was like and like how we were socialized to be good and kind of just like keep the peace and, you know, be almost like a like a people pleaser, give, um, do what we're told. Like where how we talked about how we think that's impacted us, but what do you think that that kind of behavior does to a woman and like their um, self-concept growing up? Yeah, I think it what it really develops into is chronic anxiety of constantly having to please the people around you and thinking mm-hmm. that like the only way that you can feel good about yourself is through other people validating you and like kind of like lacking that self-confidence that you need to have within yourself. And yeah. it's more of you like searching for it through other people. Exactly. Like I think – even now, like, so, I mean, I will admit, like, sometimes I do have, like, that people-pleasing, like, wanting to make everyone in, around me happy that, like, I'm trying to work more on, like, disassociating from that because, like, I shouldn't, like, seek validation from others and find it within more of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really important to be seeking that within yourself because it also comes with going against maybe what are some of the norms that what we grew up with is that we are seeking approval on other people. So starting to seek it within yourself can be actually really healing. Yeah. How would you say that you had to kind of figure that out in yourself, Divya, that like, like people pleasing or like putting others wants and needs before yours? Like, how do you feel like that affected you? Um, definitely a lot. I noticed it more in my adult self how much it affected me. You know, when you're sometimes when you like are in it, you don't really realize that it's problematic. And then when you're reflecting back on it, that you're like, Oh, damn, that's a lot. Um, So for me, I honestly think that one of the biggest things with grad school that had me hold a mirror to that, because for anyone who's here, that's a therapist, like, you know, that going to grad school for being a therapist is like intense with looking back at yourself, because you have to really know all these deep parts of yourself to be a good clinician. And so that really had me think a lot about my motivations and why I was doing things. And so much of it came back to being the good person, like the good girl, the good student, the good friend, whatever I could name all my roles, but that was coming up a lot. And I think the biggest thing I've struggled with is disappointing other people, but like starting to do that more 
and sitting with the fact that I'm not going to be good. Right. That, and I work with that a lot in therapy that, you know, you're might be viewed as bad. You might be viewed as, as selfish. You might be viewed as annoying. You might be viewed as inconsiderate, but for me starting to sit with that and stop trying to convince everyone that I'm not that because I, there, there are just some people that are committed to misunderstanding you and they won't no matter how hard you try. So I think that really just sitting with myself and allowing myself to disappoint other people, but in the exchange that I know that I'm really being there for myself. Yeah. And I'm sure like other people hearing you like say that right now can also like really feel that because like, it's hard not to like constantly want to be like liked by everyone or, you know, when I think as a society, we put pressures on being liked and, Mm -hmm. and when you, can start accepting that like you're not everyone's cup of tea i think it's more of a weight lifted off your shoulders more than anything like yeah sure like you know as long as you know that you're like inner circle like the people that matter the most to you you know that like yeah it's a comfortable relationship like it's not like you're like trying to please them it's like Mm -hmm. 50 50 once you're you know that you can be comfortable with other people like maybe that you meet or you come across like you won't like 100% be liked by them and that is okay. Yeah. And like really sitting with the fact that you won't be liked and 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 starting to find peace with it and also remembering that it's not going to feel good at first. For me, I used to be like, "Oh my god, this feels so uncomfortable. I can't have people not like me." And I still don't like people not liking me or disappointing people, but just like knowing a short-term versus long-term effect that short-term it's going to be uncomfortable, but long-term it's going to really help me. Um, that has been helpful because like that discomfort is not going to last forever, but what will last forever is like continuing these people pleasing trends or whatever. Like that's the thing that'll last forever. So sometimes weighing those options out for me has been helpful, um, to challenge some of those social constructs. Yeah. And that's great. Like, I also think sometimes like it makes me feel like disconnected after a while within myself when like, I'm just constantly like not being authentic to myself. Yeah. And like, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but like maybe like that burnout in yourself, like you're starting to feel that a lot more mm-hmm. because you're not you're not being who your true self is. Exactly. And it's more of like just like you're doing things for others way more than you're doing things for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because then when you're doing things for others, you're not going to ever fully feel fulfilled because at the end of the day, like you're not doing it for you. Like we obviously doesn't mean do everything for yourself and nothing for other people, but it has to be about balance. But just the concept of doing things for ourselves isn't really normalized when we're younger because we're always doing things for some kind of a goal. Like we're doing things to make our parents happier. We're doing things to do well at school or doing, you know, what our coaches say. We don't really ever have moments where we sit back and think about, well, what do I want? Why am I doing this? So it's this kind of like brand new concept almost we have to learn as adults definitely like I think even when we talk to our parents about it sometimes they're like shocked um about this change of thinking I mean like I will like take my mom into example like you know she um got married and then like her her main job I felt like was really to make everyone around her happier Mm -hmm. and like she like and like she loves it like one of her like her love language is like um like acts of service for yeah. Us. Like I was literally gonna be like, is it acts of service? <laughs> yeah, and like mom. I'm just like sometimes I'm like, how do you do, how do you do this? Like, how why do you like constantly serve like everyone around you, all this stuff? But she's like, well, that's what I know, and like that's like you know that's socially that's what she's been like constructed to do, and like 
for her, like, she's kind of accepted that and like, she likes it to some extent. But, like, I'm just like, oh, I know that's not me. And, yeah. like, I can't, like, do that for everyone around me all the mm-hmm. time. Exactly. Yeah. And also maybe some of that's also just, like, you know, being socialized to be the good the good girl. And I think one thing that I also feel a lot of guilt sometimes with relatives is that I do feel really grateful. And, and um, Sahaj from Brown Girl Therapy talks about this a lot in the way that we have, like, these resources to be able to kind of heal and, like, go to therapy and have this self-reflection, whereas our parents might have not had that. Like, at our age, you know, they had just immigrated and they were kind of just like trying to make a living in a new country, make ends meet, raise kids, like learn about their spouse because they had an arranged marriage. Like there was so much going on that they didn't have this privilege to be able to slow down and be like, let me understand my values and let me live aligned, like kind of in ways that we can. I don't mean to say that in a way to make fun of us, but, you know, maybe they are also playing into this good girl narrative that if we didn't have that kind of time for us like we do right now to slow down we wouldn't be able to break out of that but maybe they didn't have that privilege so they're still doing it yeah and i and it's unfortunate because that's how how it was but like that's why i do sometimes like feel like sometimes like i like feel like oh i take like i take so much of like the resources and the stuff we have now for granted like like because you just don't realize how much like they didn't have that yeah Exactly. And that they lived not even knowing how it exists. So I really try to think about like, even when we're doing this kind of healing and understand and breaking out of these good girl patterns and becoming, you know, strong, self-sufficient women who know our, our values that we're doing it as models for maybe like the generations to come, because it comes with this relearning process. Cause we have to learn about ourselves to like get out of these kind of behaviors. Otherwise we're going to just stay stuck. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that's why like, when we talk about relearning, it doesn't mean like change your personality or like change yourself. I think that like that's still like the core within you. Like, but again, like you go back to your values. But I think it's just being more honest about your wants and needs and like what you feel yeah. like you want more of or like what you feel like is like what's more serving to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because not everything is going to serve you. And that's that's okay. And I really like when we can just like take what is serving us, but leave what's not. And so maybe some of these quote unquote, good girl um, habits that aren't serving Ravisha and I that we're talking about now that don't serve us, maybe they serve you in some kind of ways. And that's not something that you want to not partake in. And maybe there are some things that serve us that isn't serving you. So I do really want to remind all of our listeners that this kind of what relearning is, it's a really personal experience. And we're obviously just sharing our own relearning because that's all we can speak to, but that's going to look different for you. Like, our relearning journeys were really different from one another's and like I think obviously it still is and like and then there's different ways that we're doing that I think and like exactly I I think we we have the conversation with one another about it often but like yeah Divya's relearning and my relearning is not even remotely the same Mm -hmm. yeah I mean what are some things that you think for you in your own journey of relearning that's been different than those around you I think my biggest focus has been like what I just said, like focusing on my wants and needs. I think that's like the number one thing that I think is like more like is part of my relearning because like I like never you have been able to ask myself like what I truly wanted. And it's like from the small things to even like the big things, like what I even want to like eat for a meal. Like, you know, like Mm. I'm always just like, oh yeah, whatever everyone wants, it's fine. Like I don't really care. But then like I slowly started to realize that like I should, 
care a little like, bit more. Maybe about you do care though. What I want to eat. Yeah. Like I should have more of a say. And so like it, it starts, it's starting small, but it's like getting bigger and bigger. I would say. Yeah. How about you? Um, I think definitely with the disappointment, like not disappointing people. I like have this like chronic fear of disappointing people. Um, Ruby, she's like, you do and like laughing at me, but no, I literally do. Um, and really just needing to do everything for everyone. Um, and definitely also with not caring what people think. So that kind of goes with the disappointing people. That's really been just like my biggest thing is just like letting people be upset at me, even if that means, um, you know, disappointing people or hurting people. I also think my other one is taking up space. Like this is what I'm working on a lot with my therapist. I think that I definitely, I never wanted to like, like I always felt like I didn't want to make other people uncomfortable by taking up space. And so a a constant thing that Ravisha could actually attest that I probably did this, but I process this a lot in my own work is like definitely like dumbing myself down in ways so that I would make other people comfortable and I think the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, you know what? These are my talents. I am smart. I am capable. But I think so for me to sit with that, like take up space, it's really uncomfortable. And to just like follow my passion. So that's definitely like the two big ones is taking up space, even if it means making other people uncomfortable and also just like disappointing people. So that's been what I'm just constantly doing. And some days paralyzes me. But, you know, I'm trying. At least, and like, and again, like, I feel like it's so great for you to share that with us. Like, like, obviously I already know, but like, you know, with our (laughs) listeners, because I think that like, a lot of the times people are feeling that same way. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's not like you're like telling, like, this is like normal conversation to have with your friends or like, you know, it's, I, I don't sit there and talk to my friends about like, yeah, I'm out trying to outgrow the good woman in me, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 you just don't really like sit there yeah. and about that. Like, so I do hope like when someone does listen to this episode in some way that they feel like, yeah, you know, I do, there's a lot that I would like to maybe relearn about myself or like try to shift some yeah. mentalities that I've been having. Yeah. Because otherwise they might think they're also alone in the process of like, why should I even do this? I mean, yeah. I'm the only one going through this because uh, so then this is a nice reminder of no you're not and you can do it this way if you want to yeah. um because if you're thinking if you have these kind of times where you just aren't feeling good about yourself like you're feeling insecure you're not feeling confident or something just doesn't feel like it's aligning like the way that you're behaving isn't aligning with where you are it's a moment to slow down and you can do this process of relearning and reconnecting with yourself but it does take time and vulnerability so yeah i hope that that can kind of encourage people to do that a bit more yeah i agree okay well that's a nice episode i know i feel like i'm feeling very like reflective right now me too and honestly as as we were talking like i love that for you it kind of almost felt like my own therapy session oh i'm so glad (laughs) well i'm glad that was nice and therapeutic for you so now you technically had two therapy sessions this week I guess so. I'm so lucky. Lucky girl. Now you can just really relax, do some self-care. What are you going to be doing tonight for your self-care? Honestly, nothing. And I'm really excited. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like never you is doing nothing. So I'm so happy you're doing nothing. Yeah. I'm excited. How about you? Okay. I really, really want to go to the store after this because I want to, I've been craving making bang, bang shrimp today. I just like really want to make bang, bang shrimp, obviously gluten free, you know? So um, after we get off, I'm going to, I hear Raj cooking right now and I'm about to just tell him, please stop because I, I cannot eat what he's making. I mean, I'll eat it, 
but I'm really craving bang bang shrimp. So like I, whatever, even if he's making like Italian food, I don't care that it doesn't go with bang bang shrimp. I'm going to eat it. So I'm really excited. Um, yeah, that's my plan. And then maybe just like watch something on Netflix. Did you see that love is blind three is out? I don't really I know did. like how I feel about it. Do I don't know if I want to watch it, but I kind of feel like too into the love is blind saga that I should watch it. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it. I'm not going to lie. I was really into Love is Blind season two. Yeah, it was just a wild ride for that. So I just kind of wonder now, okay, this is actually people, this is just a random thought. This is not related to our podcast at all. So heads up. I wonder now if people go on these TV shows for clout. I kind of feel like they do. I read this thing that was like, why did all the Love is Blind one people like stay together and Love is Blind two nobody stayed together. And someone's theory was like, I feel that people are now going on these reality TV shows for clout. So obviously I don't know people's intentions, but it kind of takes it away from me. Like I know that it's reality TV, but I want people to like be real and authentic and find love. Like it's hard now that I'm like, oh, are you going on to be famous? And it's not being authentic because I obviously want people authentic on there. I know it's kind of unfortunate, like as more um, like seasons start to happen, like, you know, people realize like what the fame you get from it and stuff. Yeah. It's, it is unfortunate because, like, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people don't go on there with the best of intentions. Like, like we're on season three now. Like, you know, maybe people are like, oh, yeah, I'll go on and, like, be in a – like, not in a fake relationship, but maybe not be genuine in that relationship. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of hard to, like, see. Totally. Happen. Yeah. So, I mean, if anybody else is watching Love is Blind season three, let us know your thoughts. But – appreciate you all listening i hope that this was helpful for you and we will see you next week can't wait see you guys next time bye bye thank you for tuning into another episode of conversations brewing we hope you take some moments to reflect on our episode with some coffee in hand new episodes of conversations brewing come out on tuesdays we'd love to hear from you about what resonated with you and what you want to hear more about so let us know on instagram at our account at conversations brewing If this episode was helpful, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast and continue to tune in weekly. We so appreciate your support and we'll brew some conversations with you next week.